Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I did an update thing way back in September saying I'm going to start doing uh, historical work, I guess, and talking about movies and them being accurate, accurate or not. Well, today is the day. <laughs> um, this is for a school project. Yes, but I'm still doing it nonetheless. Um, and I have my compadre, Mitchell Hagenson with me, who we've we've been doing this podcast for a while now. Um, but he's going to listen in to what I have to say. And then he's going to ask some questions afterwards about the, the films or miniseries itself or uh, things about the history or like historical facts. So uh, welcome. Say hello to the podcast again hello. in a more in a more uh, uh, hello. very hello in a more uh, calm <laughs> in a more calm way than normal. <laughs> so, hey guys, what's up? I'm losing my voice, so I yeah. so I'm not loud enough, but I'll do my best, Trevor. Thank you, thank you. Um, but for now, um, I'm gonna talk about the history and the the things that I watched and if they're accurate or not. And if you remember, I did stuff on the Maya, Aztec, and Inca culture about about a year and a half ago now. So it'll be more in vain of that. I scripted those out, but for this one, I'm just going to read through my notes. I didn't script this one at all, so it might be a little more rough around the edges <laughs> than the other ones. But with that said, um, here we go. I kind of picked this project um, early on in the semester, thinking about kind of like there's these seven Spanish myths of the conquest of the Americas. And I wanted to chronicle like a very slim time period. And that would be Columbus and then Hernan Cortez, which there's a, I'll get to that, um, Cortez. And then there was another explorer that I didn't do a lot of research on. I didn't do a, a lot of research on all of these figures, but I did research on these, I guess, films and to see like if they were accurate portrayals or and stuff from the Maya Aztec and Inca and it's early enough in the conquest to where it's still kind of in my head because I went deep into those civilizations and I thought it was good to kind of keep that but kind of go within the early conquest days and one of the biggest myths or I guess what I'll call them as lies about the conquest is that the Spanish came in all high and mighty and they came and basically saved the day from the natives. They did not do that. They actually came here on accident as a lot of people might know Columbus. He not a great man and not a smart man. Um, we'll get more to that in the movie that I watched for, for this. Um, but, Columbus is treated as a very high and mighty person and for years has been lauded as a true explorer. And that's just not true because he came and kind of exploited the Spanish, not the Spanish, the natives. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny if he exploited the Spanish turn of fates, I guess. But what Columbus did 
was he tried to get backing from the Spanish government to come to what they were assuming was China. Do you know how that ended up? No, he quote-unquote discovered the Americas, which that's a problematic term, and that's kind of the narrative that a lot of um, early South, like Central and South American history does, is they put that narrative on as well as that they discovered the Americas when there was a ton of Native populations already there. And a lot of I can't remember the author's name off the top of my head. Diamond, I believe, something Diamond, Jared Diamond. Guns, Germs, and Steel. He wrote a book on um, how the Spanish were more advanced and how they kind of took over the Americas on their conquest journey. Didn't happen that way. Um, Guns didn't play a big factor Initially, it did scare a lot of the natives, um, but after they figured out that their weapons were not accurate at all, they were like, okay, cool, uh, um, what else you got, essentially? Um, And a lot of the native weapons of choice were more accurate and were quite deadly as well, and that's something that he did not um, anticipate or even look for. He looked at it more from a geographical and geological, not geological, um, but geographical standpoint. And another argument of the Spanish myths is that horses were huge. Again, they were, (laughs) but it's not like the guys in shining silver armor that come and save the day with horses uh, in the Americas. That just didn't really happen either. Um, And again, the Spanish did not have a big army as portrayed. It's portrayed in a lot of things that they had a huge army of people where they, in reality, they did not. They had maybe 250 some people that are are not soldiers that's a thing to remember is that they are not soldiers they're kind of people who are part of the noble group i guess and they kind of went off there and that's kind of that and another one other big big thing that i should point out is that the Spanish are perceived as them being all high and mighty and they did all of this conquest on their own. Again, that is not true. Um, A lot of what the Spanish did is they would try to find other groups with the big cities like Tenochtitlan that is in Central, uh, yeah, Central America, current uh, Mexico now. They would go to bordering people, bordering groups try to become allies with them and then take over bigger cities. It's not just like they took over this one big city and everything's conquered because there was so many other groups of people and they didn't classify themselves as like Maya Aztec or that. That's kind of something that came later, which I, I can't remember if I discussed in those episodes about those other civilizations but that's what happened. And and one thing when the Spanish would come 
is um, another actually one lie that has been spread is that in Tenochtitlan and kind of the central area is that they treated Cortez as a god, which a lot of things like we discussed in class just was not true. Um, Moctezuma, he picked up very quickly that they weren't gods and he was kind of, he was trying to play devil's advocate and try to to exploit the Spanish, even though the Spanish had a lot more kind of going for them. They had allies and stuff like that. So you can do what you want with that information, but the Spanish had help uh, at the end of the day. Moral of the story on this is the Spanish had help and that's what you need to know. Um, And and the uh, Aztec for example, or Tenochtitlan, I guess I should say, they would have like tribute systems and they would give people gifts. And then that kind of made the Spanish think, oh, we're, they, they really care about us. As, and that's kind of the origin of the myth of Moctezuma thinking they were gods, even though that's just not true. Um, so there's some historical context for the three things that I watched. And I'm just going to start listing them off. We'll save the mighty old Christopher Columbus for last because I have things to say on that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the first one is a mini series that I discussed with my professor about. Um, they were trying to make one a while a while ago, and I can't remember who was supposed to be starring in it, but that didn't get made. But I did find a Spanish language um, miniseries called Hernan about about Cortez and his taking of Tenochtitlan and the rise and fall of the major city. And I will say one thing about the kind of the storytelling itself first. And I, because none of this is going to be on if I think the movies are good or not. It's more of the integrity of how they're telling historical events. But the one thing that I will say about this show is that it deals with a lot of time jumps. So as I was watching this, there's eight episodes. I found it very confusing at like what was going on and where we were and what time period they were. They would stamp them, but sometimes you would just miss it. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't I don't know where we're at here. And that was a problem I had with it. And a lot of the things that were shot at night looked like absolute shit. It was garbage. Like, I couldn't see anything. So there were a couple sieges that were happening in Tenochtitlan. And it was dark out. People were dying, but you could not see anything. And that's a big complaint is because you you just can't see anything that's happening. Um... But that's out of the way. How is it set up as a historical thing? This is a lot better than I was anticipating it to be. I thought this was the show was going to be like, oh my god, the Spanish are really cool. Because it was a Spanish-made thing. And mind you, this was made in 2019, so fairly recent. I thought it was just going to be, oh, we're going to gush over the Spanish and how they did this conquest and they succeeded and took over a lot of people. 
And in some ways with Cortez, they do that. They kind of romanticize Cortez quite a bit at some point. When Cortez was a very sadistic person, a very, but he was very he was very manipulative, but he had a lot of scheming. And you do see that. By the end, you do understand, you do see that he is making his way to kind of conquering this big city. And then what this show does well, other than romanticizing, which I think maybe you should know that ahead of time, is kind of the relationship between him and the people in Tenochtitlan and some of the allies that he made um, to help take down Tenochtitlan. Um, What he does is uses Moctezuma, who is the king of um, Tenochtitlan, as a puppet to kind of tell the people of the city to do what he wants them to do. And that's a very good representation of what happened with Cortez and Moctezuma. Um, And early on, you see a Marina, which is uh, kind of... uh, the translator, the Malinche story, um, which I'm not going to get into because I don't know a lot about it, but they used her as the translator. And as far as I know, she was a good translator for Cortez when trying to march over to take down Tenochtitlan. Um, But that was very, very well done, I think. And, um, there are little things that I thought could have been better, um, but I don't think that's the point of it. I, For me, the bigger picture here is that they took the Spanish myths and they didn't follow it. And I think they succeeded with that as they did not follow it. They tried to put the natives as their own thing as well. like, And that's a good representation. I think they treated the natives as not necessarily sadistic, cruel people as like a lot of Spanish things, Spanish sources would make out, especially not long after the Cortez thing. And I think that was done very well. And I honestly could have gone with a little more like of the blood i guess and the things that come along with it there was no real mention of disease being spread which i think there should because it did happen um and there's a lot of things in this show where i think it could have been a lot more violent because cortez was a very violent person so i think they should have done that maybe a little bit more but i can't complain because they kind of fit everything well enough even though they did romanticize Cortez a little bit but in the last episode they kind of redeemed him a little bit not redeemed him but like story-wise they redeemed him as the sadistic thing so then it's just a weird thing that they have done with it and I think it was a good representation and then I will talk about the how they tre- treated Tenochtitlan and the sacrifices because I think that is a very important thing. Um, the sacrifices in this are beautifully done, kind of like what you would see in Apocalypto, except those were Maya people, and Maya didn't really rip people's hearts out. 
um wow they didn't rip people's hearts out and yeah that's that's it and then they showed the aztec i guess side i'm i'm just gonna put those terms in because that's kind of what we see them as now they took they took the hearts out they cut their heads off they did that a few times in this show and it was good to see like they represented that that's what they did to please the gods their gods and i think that's a good thing is that they showed that coin that side of the coin as well as the side of the spanish trying to figure out what it what's going on and tr but trying to exploit these native peoples as well so i think it was a good representation of them doing the back and forth between all of this stuff and the spanish doing merciless things to all of these native groups as well um i think that's all i have to say on the hernan series i think it was a good uh thing to look at and talk about so that was the mini series so that's the first thing the second one is a film that i watched called the wrath of god and i can't remember how to pronounce his name his name is aguirre i think i don't i don't know my spanish is bad and i've butchered probably everything i've said in this but that's that it is what it is um I am going to talk about that film now, which was made in 1972, I think. Don't quote me on that. I should have probably fact-checked that before I recorded. But 1972, um, starring Klaus Kinski, a German man, directed by Werner Herzog, another German person. And the interesting thing about this is it's it was filmed and recorded all in german and all in english so you're you're having german speaking people play spanish conquistadors which is a very off-putting thing at first and it, it, it takes you a while to get into that um but overall i think sorry somebody said something else over recording um I could edit that out, but I don't know if I will. But um, it's off-putting to hear German people doing Spanish things. But once you get past that, this movie, I think, is a pretty good representation. I don't have a lot to say about this movie in particular, other than it portrays the Spanish trying to find El Dorado, which is a myth that um, the Inca, I believe, did um, to kind of get the spanish to go away and because they knew spanish wanted gold and it was just this descent of madness into klaus kinski's character and how he would do whatever he wanted to do to get to that gold and i think that's a good representation of like kind of how the spanish wanted to just be rich and they kind of showed how they saw this in the name of Catholicism and the, this was God's will for them to get this gold. And I think that's a good representation because that's what they wanted to do. I can't tell you on the things that um, Klaus Kinski did, 
like his character, if those are accurate or not. But I know the reasoning is pretty accurate. Um, and the treatment of natives, especially for 1970, 1970 cinema, is pretty good. Like, they're not just seen as this barbaric, savages people that want to kill white people. They're treated with a little more little more care not a lot because there are like still typical stereotypes like them doing battle cries out of nowhere that kind of happens in a lot of especially hollywood movies where natives just do battle cries for no reason and it's just kind of a bad it just paints a bad picture and paints them as like i said earlier like barbarous people which they're not, and they they do that a little bit in this movie, but they kind of, they try to treat them as humans in this movie, which is a step ahead of a lot of cinema, especially during this time. And they their costumes were pretty good from what I know, too. And yeah, I think that's all I really have to say on that film. It's a good representation of like a very crazy story. And last but not least, Christopher Columbus. The, the, yes, this will be a fun one to talk about. Oh, yeah. 1492, Conquest of Paradise is the next film that I'm going to be talking about. Christopher Columbus. Um, great man, as I've said earlier in the episode. Uh, fantastic. He's a very, he's a humanitarian. Is he not Mitchell? Can you agree? Yeah, I, uh, he's, yeah he's a humanitarian. Kind of an character, yeah, that. Christopher Columbus. Fantastic guy. And if Chris... you can't sense the sarcasm in this, you're maybe a little slow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's only on a cereal box. Um, but, so, 1492 Conquest of Paradise is directed by Ridley Scott, who makes all of your favorite historical movies. He makes all of your favorite historical movies kind of like, uh, you know, Black Hawk Down, which is another inaccurate piece of shit movie. Um, this doesn't, this isn't my feeling on how some of the movies are as like movies, but they're not accurate. He most recently did Napoleon, which is a hogwash movie. But let's start with 1492 Conquest of Paradise because this is what this project is about. Um, a lot of this movie represents Christopher Columbus as a, like I was saying in my sarcastic voice, a humanitarian person. And in no way was Columbus a humanitarian person. Now, is he as bad as a lot of scholars have written him to be? Yes and no. Um, he did deliberately just wipe out some villages and pillaged and raped a bunch of women. He did do that. But he also was a person who was not planning to do all of this stuff. He just kind of went on the whim of things and did it. Um, but to let's start, I guess, at the beginning of the film. Um, one thing I will say about this film that's really good is the cinematography. This is a beautiful-looking movie. All right, that's one good thing said about it. Um the rest we're gonna shit talk it um 
the opening ta is Christopher Columbus saying, having this orange and saying, this is the earth. This is a sphere. The world is not flat, essentially, is what he's saying. Newsflash, Greek, I think Greek people figured out that the world was not flat. So this is a few thousand years before Christopher Columbus was even a thought. Um, So that's just one thing. Um, And there's a bunch of time jumps inside of this movie that just do not make sense. And they do a lot of things pre-1492 saying that Columbus is doing all of this high and mighty stuff inside of Spain. Christopher Columbus was basically hated by the Spanish government because he was complaining so much that he wanted to go on the journey to find China. Find China. He found America, quote-unquote, found. He went to America. This dude was not smart in that aspect because he had miscalculated everything. And maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but I think that needs to happen because this movie is too nice to Christopher Columbus. Um, And also the voyages to the Americas, they were portrayed as, as these very nice and peaceful voyages to paradise uh a lot of the voyages were bad and there's diaries of columbus saying that he was very homesick and he kind of hated being on these ships and the waters were rough you didn't see one storm happen in this film (laughs) and it just makes you wonder like what the hell was ridley scott thinking like i don't get it and to make this to, to put salt in the wound this was released on the 500th anniversary of the americas being quote unquote discovered that's if that's not a big fuck you to people in central and south america i don't know what is and i've kept my language pretty tame up until that point but i think to reach this point i need to say that that this is beyond ridiculous that this movie even exists. And um, you, you see Columbus reach shores, which isn't even America's. He found islands. He found islands, not even the mainland Central or South America. And he, he comes and he's like, we're going to teach you about God. We're going to fix you guys. And... Oh boy, he fixed them all right. <laughs> like, and he's like, we need to make these people better. We need to civilize these people, which that they, they did want to do that, but he he was so suave about it, and not you know violent like the actual man was towards his natives. <laughs> and it kind of perceives that Columbus is not going to exploit the population, which in fact Columbus <laughs> did do. <laughs> <laughs> people walk by sorry uh dr mccutcheon uh, <laughs> you didn't think i was gonna name drop you but i did <laughs> um 
I, I lost my thought. But he, he he exploited these people. And just seeing this film treating Columbus as the savior and this god complex is just beyond me. Because I don't even... Columbus did have some sort of god complex to him. Or he thought. But he didn't go as to as far as being like i am the ruler of this these people that's just that, that that just that's a stretch too and i don't think i don't think this movie is a good representation of that at all um that i, I could go on longer about this but i think what should be said is that the native treatments in this movie they treat the people as like they're savages and there's nothing to their culture that they're basically ignorant again as listen back to earlier in the episode they had rituals where they would rip people's hearts (laughs) because they wanted to please their gods it's a little more complicated and a little more intricate than that and this movie just kind of pisses all over that thought of them actually having their own civilization narrative. It just ignores it. And it, it, it also treats guns like the guns, germs and steel as a huge thing, which I already debunked. It's not, it wasn't as big of a thing. They allied with natives. And I mean, this time period of this movie is a little bit before that, but it it still holds true that it just didn't happen that way, and it, it it's very exploitive that this movie exists, and I don't I don't know why Ridley Scott made this movie, and to see Sigourney Weaver in this movie kind of makes me a little mad because she comes off as this very humanitarian person. She was in 1492. Maybe not. Um, But these are kind of all of my thoughts on this movie. And I don't think this is a good representation of the conquest and what happened or Christopher Columbus or the earth is definitely round. And it wasn't discovered when Columbus was like, let's go on a voyage. That just didn't happen. (laughs) Um, also the opening shot of this movie, it looks like you're in the middle of Ireland, not Spain. (laughs) I just think that's a weird thing. Yeah. And they kind of treated Columbus's quote unquote army as this huge and amazing thing. Um, but that's all I have on the movies because I don't want to run this too long. So I will leave this to you now, Mitchell. What are questions that you have that arise from this, if any? Well, it could be one question, two, or a lot. Well, I mean, the first question is, why did you watch these films in particular? Like, what makes these particular films that you watch compared to any other remakes that you see in Mm -hmm. all the films today? Why why did you watch these films in particular? Um, I chose these because... I mean, one, this is the project that I wanted to do, but I picked a specific time period for them. So like early Spanish conquest till about the 1530s. Um, So that's kind of what I wanted to do was like make it a kind of a tight frame 
tight time period for it. And I wanted to pick ones that were hopefully good representations. And the first two were pretty good representations of like what the Spanish were. Um, So that's kind of what the thought process was. And I wanted to do 1492. I was trying to do that for the last class that I took with this professor, but um, that didn't happen. So I, I knew I wanted to do this. Yeah, I'm just curious because that, that those movies come over the years. They have all these remakes, especially what you make in these years for the film industry as well. Mm-hmm. Especially for myself in the film media studies program. Yes. For yourself. <clears throat> um, you know, when it comes to history, do you have a – this is kind of a, probably a personal opinion question, but do you have a uh, – like, is it always bad to not tell the full story in a film or do you think it should be more – added into like what we learn in history and mm-hmm. theories, whatever. Do you think that the full history should be taught in like the movies that in the top you're talking about, or do you okay. think it should be straight up just like gets the point narrative? Um, I guess it depends. I don't think a full history needs to necessarily be told, but it needs to be an accurate representation of what those people were. And especially as a history writer or a, a historian, Historians want to make sure that it's a good representation of documents that they've read or what they've heard and making it as accurate as to the people as they want. And when you're making a film, you're going to want to do the same thing. Like there, there could be a couple tidbits or information that aren't accurate, but if the whole product is in the spirit of what actually happened. I think that's the most important thing is capturing, is it in the essence of what it is. And I, the first two projects that I talked about, the films and the miniseries do that pretty well. The other one, not so much. And I think that was good to have both of those in, like a good representation of a time period versus a very problematic and bad one. You think uh, this is kind of the first question for that? Do you think uh, Christopher Columbus is overrated when it comes to knowing the good things about him compared to the bad stuff, or do you think that Christopher uh, Columbus is the person, main person we should focus upon when it comes to like more history? Um, so a lot of what happens with Columbus is he gets too much credit since he quote unquote found the Americas. When in actuality, he's not even the first person who set foot on American soil. Um, those were the Vikings. I don't have any like sources yeah. that I found on that, but it's just at this point, it is common knowledge. And if I found, I, I should have looked at <laughs> a source confirming that before. But he's not even the first person to set foot in the Americas. <laughs> those were Vikings. Well, I was just going to say, that's my next question. Do you, who do you think should get his credit? Like, people, what do you think people should, like, how do I explain this? What, who do you think deserves the credit compared to Christopher Columbus? Like, who really deserves the credit? Um, you said Vikings. Like, yeah. Is that your main answer? So, like, but what I, what I am saying is, or not saying, but what my, what my thought process is, is that, um, people need to understand that he did come here, but there's been a narrative that's been written for literally hundreds of years saying that Christopher Columbus is essentially a savior and he came to convert people to God 
when in reality the Spanish just were trying to find gold and trade with people. And those people were Pacific people, people in China. <laughs> he didn't find China. <laughs> um, they they found a different body of land they found different land and that's kind of where that's problematic too is like people kind of treat him as this very very smart man which he has some qualities that you can have some intelligence but the spanish for the most part and i mean he's an italian person but he that's a whole other story well, I was gonna, uh, also next, um, I mean, despite like it being controversial, not, it is an accomplishment, whether less in not your opinion, not saying your opinion, but like probably most people you talk to, they'll probably say it's an accomplishment for him. Do you think there's anybody in particular that could have done what Christopher Columbus, quote unquote, did? And if who would have, and who do you think would be in line? I'm not sure who would have done it because if it wasn't Columbus, it would have just been a different person. <laughs> He just kind of didn't follow orders and was like, actually, he didn't necessarily do that, but he basically begged the Spanish government to go on this voyage. And lo and behold, it it kind of worked out for the Spanish. But again, it also goes back to the narrative that the Spanish are wanting to make themselves look bigger, when in reality, Columbus miscalculated like hell and didn't even go to the place that he wanted to and let alone ended up pillaging a bunch of villages murdering a bunch of people and and he basically told his people that you can take these women for slaves and rape them is essentially is what that is That's another question. so like yeah well the other thing who's got the bigger ego is it columbus or is it the spanish um in this scenario columbus definitely does um the spanish but that the, again the spanish writers the people who were trying to write the history is kind of they wanted to make themselves bigger because britain was really high up french were really high up the dutch were kind of in there and they kind of wanted to compete with that and that's why they were like oh look at us we're big and strong we took over these peoples in a foreign land to these these not necessarily empires yet but people who are building up empires and they're like look at that look at us we're pretty cool too that's kind of what the narrative they were trying to write was that i was gonna say for the last question i think um when it comes to learning about history everybody teaches in a certain way yes with guidelines and respectability and, you know, with every, even I'll say religion, but like, because mm-hmm. I mean, religion plays a big factor yeah, in a lot like whatever, of it. Whatever it is, you know, what's probably the one thing, like one lesson, if you had to tell something about Christopher of Columbus right now that people should be aware of to help them, like understand that for like the rest of their lives, depending on how much they really care about learning about mm-hmm. Christopher of Columbus, what would that piece, what would that lesson be about him? That's really, that sticks out to you that you want to tell people. And why do you think that's important? I would basically say whatever book, what I would teach is whatever book, whatever movie, whatever you know about Christopher Columbus, you need to wipe that the fuck out of your mind. And you need to look at everything. I mean, there's, I mean, there's plenty of good books and good things showing you what um, Columbus and the Spanish did. So I think the first thing would be getting 
the Spanish myths that I talked about earlier in the podcast episode is getting those Spanish myths and just wiping them clean from your brain and kind of debunking things and realizing what the Spanish were doing. What they were doing is they wanted spices, they wanted goods to trade, they wanted gold. That is what they wanted. And they were going to do anything under their power to get to that point. And, but remember, this is under the name of God because the noble people in Spain were saying, God's telling us to do this. God's telling us to do that. And that's also another good thing to remember is that there's that religious factor that does play a huge part into it. And I think that's the biggest thing um, to talk about when you're talking about colonial um, Spanish and the Americas. Um, but thank you for the questions. Yes. Um, King of questions. Yes. It was, a, really. it, this is a good question. Um, I'm sorry for having this run a lot longer than I anticipated, but I think this was a good debunking of a lot of stuff and good talk of the movies that I watched for this and miniseries. I watched eight episodes of a miniseries and then two well, the Ridley Scott one is two and a half hours. The other one's about an hour and 40 minutes. So I've watched almost 20 hours of stuff for this. <laughs> so, yes, um, I had a lot to say, but thank you for listening. And more podcast episodes like this will be happening soon. Goodbye. <laughs>